Welcome to the Taekwondo Daddy Podcast, a resource for martial arts students and parents by martial arts student and parent Logan Ramirez. Taekwondo Daddy, train hard, parents hard. Yeah, so this episode I had an opportunity to visit with fifth Dan Master in Aikido, fourth Dan in Taekwondo, second Dan in Hapkido, Travis Bratton who is also a proud husband and father of three, army veteran, served in Iraq. Um, in fact, in his own words, um, in his bio, he told me that he, his main goal is to help children stay off the streets and build a foundation of discipline, respect, and self-esteem. I mean, how cool of a life goal is that? Um, he's actually recently a regional director now for the International Martial Arts Council, and he was actually the first instructor um, at the 2018 event, uh, so he was like my first exposure to what um, the IMAC conference was all about, and it was a great, great class in Aikido. Um, that's actually where I met him. Um, you know, in this whole conversation, I think I was just really blown away by um, Travis's humility and respect for those who've come before him, and um, and just uh, I was completely blown away too with just how much he's accomplished. In in a, in a relatively young age, you know, he said he's thirty three. Um, I think my favorite parts of his podcast was uh, hearing about how Travis handled being an effective father and parent, which really resonate with me. Um, and not just while training, but also being in the mil- military, which is something I, I don't um, have any experience with and can, cannot relate to. Um, and then I also love how uh, toward the end we just kept coming back to how. Uh, he has this strong desire to instruct and learn, and uh, I'll be surprised if in you know a few years he's not running just a top-notch school um, up in Arkansas. So anyway, I uh, had a great time, really grateful for the opportunity, and uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, well, Travis, thanks for joining me tonight, and um, let's get this show on the road, man. If you would, what is your name? Well, thanks for having me, first of all. My name is uh, Travis Bratton. Uh, good. It dawned on me as I asked what your name is. I already said Travis. <laughs> yeah. So um, on, on this podcast, do you even refer to you as Travis or as Master Travis? What do you like? Well, Travis is fine. In Taekwondo, my sensei just became a fourth degree black belt. He's now a master. Is that the same in your system? Well, um, you know, every system has a different degree of when they you know, uh, rank masters. Um, I've experienced, you know, some karate guys, uh, given like a third Dan that's considered a master, but in the majority of traditional martial arts, a master is a, is a fourth Dan and, you know, to sixth Dan and then seventh is grandmastered up. Good. No, I didn't know that. Thanks. Um, where were you born? I was born in hot springs, Arkansas. All right. And you're still in Arkansas. Is that correct? Still here. Are you still in Hot Springs? Still in Hot Springs. 33 years later. <laughs> That's cool. All right, man. 33 years later. I love it. You got a favorite meal? What do you love to eat? Uh, you know, um, I prefer like, uh, you know, hamburgers and pizza, but I'm a, I am love Asian food, like pho, you know, Vietnamese food, Thai food, Chinese yes, food. Me too. All those I, sushi. I, I, man, I knew we were kindred spirits because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I know there's the one cuisine that i never don't feel like eating like sometimes i don't feel like a burger but if somebody says hey you know you want some thai yep chinese yep oh i'm down uh, you know there's a korean spot yeah me too it's awesome is there is there good asian spots in in arkansas hot springs (laughs) not really in hot springs we have one uh that's just a vietnamese restaurant they call it just pho and uh, it's it's pretty decent it's where i go to get my thai tea and my mother loves that place, so we sure. go there at least once a once a month. I would say. Uh, super cool. Do, is there a you know why did at what point did you fall in love with Asian food? So, I'll try to keep this story short. But my stepdad, may may he rest in peace. He was a Green Beret in Vietnam, mm. and um, we call him Uncle Boone. But Uncle Boone was working for the government. Well, the Thai government was trying to capture him and kill him and him and my stepdad were oh. were friends well my stepdad saved him and so my stepdad spoke very good thai and very little vietnamese and so they became like best friends so when we were younger and we met him you know we called him uncle boone which uncle in in that in that culture is a very high respect 
and he introduced me to mm-hmm. like duck blood pudding, you know, those, those, the noodles, those kind of things. I couldn't tell you all the names of them and Thai tea. Yeah. And we just kind of kept with it and just couldn't stop. Do you have a, um, a morning routine? So right now, I mean, you wake up, what do you do? Well, the first thing I do is I get a hot shower. <laughs> so I wake up, I get a hot shower, you know, shave and then, uh, get dressed and, uh, just yeah. head to work. What is work? I work for what we call the Department of Human Services in the foster care unit. So when kids are physically abused, sexually abused, or even sometimes environmentally and educational uh, abused or neglected, you know, they come to me and I help make sure that all their medical needs are met, uh, make sure that they're being placed in a, a good foster home and work with the parents to try to correct the situation and return the children, wow. you know, to the home because that's where we want the kids to be. Sometimes that happens, right. sometimes it don't. It just really depends on the situation. Mm. Man, how long have you done that? I'm uh, going on two years now. Man, it sounds. I mean, it sounds heartbreaking. I mean, it's, it doesn't see. It seems like you have to have a certain disposition to 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 do that job, and I guess you have it. It's definitely difficult. You know, I got a lot of you know, terrible stories, but, um, I know that I'm doing mm. the right thing, working with these kids and making sure they're protected. So I enjoy it. Right. So is this a state run, like an Arkansas run program? Yes. It's state funded. Yes. Got it. How is the martial arts? Does it play a role at all in that? Your martial arts training? Does it help you with your job somehow? Yeah. You know, it, it helps with, um, I would say keeping calm and learning how to, um, to a, a adjust and like the situations that, that happen with these kids and not try to take it as, uh, you know, try not to build it up and keep it like an anger and, and look at these parents like they're just awful parents. I definitely think it has helped mm-hmm. me sp- spiritually and my inner self to, to just stay calm in the situation and try to help these people get, get right so they can get their kids back. Well, I mean, go, go, let's take that martial arts story back further. I mean, what martial arts have you studied? and trained in i currently do taekwondo aikido and hapkido and why those you know i started in taekwondo um, about the age of six and I, I started in there because i was horrible at sports i played like i tried baseball basketball football just was not good at it and so one day my mom took me to this uh, taekwondo school here in hot springs and i just fell in love with it and then as I got older, you know, I wanted to try different things and expand my knowledge. So then I went to Aikido and then just recently, uh, within the last, I'd probably say five years, Hapkido. What, what is the difference between Aikido and Hapkido? Well, you know, besides the uh, one's Korean and one's Japanese, you know, the culture, there's really not that much of a difference. Um, Morita Yushiba, who founded Aikido, trained the the um, master chol the guy that founded hapkido and i may not be pronouncing the names correctly you know my terminology has been off lately um but he so master soul trained in japan for over 30 years or so when he got back to his hometown in korea uh which was i believe seoul um you know, he already had a Taekwondo background, Aikijutsu, Judo. He took those same joint manipulations and locks as the founder of Aikido did and just called it Hapkido. So so sometimes, like, I have it tattooed on my arm, Aikido, but when I run into my Korean masters, they're like, oh, Hapkido, yeah, you like Hapkido. And so it, like, has the same meaning, like, the <laughs> same characteristics, everything. It's it's very, very similar. Um, it's got, uh, like, Hapkido's got more kicks, like Taekwondo like taekwondo and then you know for long range and then close range the joint manipulation the locks the takedowns the pressure points like in aikido well that 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 tells me a lot i didn't really frame any any of this in the beginning but i mean i've only been doing taekwondo and tong sudo for about a year and a half you know maybe coming up on two years so my experience going to um, imac for the first time was very eye-opening and i didn't know I mean, I had no idea what Aikido was. And in fact, to, to frame it even more clearly, so imagine I'm, I'm uh, new, you know, wet behind the ears, stand up there with my nine-year-old, and the first session is yours in Aikido. 
and you came out in uh, what do you we call it a gi? Is it the same? What do you call your the what you were wearing? It's it's called a gi. Yeah. The the pants that I wear are called hakama. So hakama is like a long. Um, the best way to explain is almost like a dress, long dress, and it's uh, very right. traditional. You know they they still wear them in Japan to this day, and like the uh, like the. Uh, you know, the olden style, like more traditional, not the city style. Um, and they used it as farmers used it to like keep them clean, like their undergarments clean, you know, wow, in okay. traditional Japan, you know, it's about being clean and like the, the culture mm-hmm. and like doing everything perfect. And so um, that, that Hakama was adopted in the martial arts, like Aikijitsu, Judo, Aikido, um, and, and several others. And, um, they, they used it, the samurais used it more when they were training to cover their feet. So their opponents couldn't see how their feet were standing. Wow. They couldn't, no way. Okay. couldn't yeah. tell what was going on, like what stance they were in to trick their opponent. Wow. So in the olden days, they f- thought they were ghosts cause it looked like they were floating across the right. ground, right. but really it was just the wow. hakama being laid out. <laughs> I got it. That's great. No one's, yeah, no, I've never heard that. And I can visualize it as you're seeing it. Um, so, so it was great. I see you come out and I'm like, man, here's a guy who clearly takes his, you know, craft seriously. And then I thought you ran a really great session. You know, you'd asked for feedback on, on, on Facebook and, um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't have any negative feedback. I was really impressed with the way you spoke, how clearly you spoke. You're, you know, I thought you did a great job. I was glad everybody in your session was circled around you as opposed to some of the later sessions they were up front. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the back, you couldn't really see. So I really appreciated that. And then you did, you know, you did multiple angles and, um, you know, the, the one, the one problem I had was at the end of it, like we went straight to the next session. I couldn't like recap anything. So you actually gave me your, your cards and I was looking back at them, uh, your notes on what you did. And I was looking back at them and I still, I was like, oh, I still don't know what these are. Like I'm reading it. <laughs> I still, you know, I still can't, can't put yeah. it together, but it was a, it was a great well, session. Um, it's so good. Yeah. Thanks for explaining what, what, um what the gi was um so in, in either of those styles do you have a favorite kick and hand strike um my favorite type of kick is just the basic taekwondo round kick or side kick i would say i have a couple not just one favorite um you mm. know and my favorite kind of strike is a three-quarter punch strike um which you know is not a traditional style of aikido what is that so um you know the old old school bruce lee one inch punch right where he's got his hand turned yes. up and down. That's what I right. call a three-quarter punch. Um, okay. So I've, I've, I like that punch more because like whenever, uh, like in my sessions, you'd see me do a lot of, you know, stepping off line and blocking the punch. Instead of having to turn my, mm-hmm. my hand all the way around like a traditional punch, I can just shoot from the hip and just straight strike. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or yes. just knife strike to the ribs. Just re- something real quick and easy instead of like an old traditional fashion style of strike. Wow. No, no, I get it now. Yeah, I can see that. And I do see it from when uh, I can visualize the moves you were doing. It did seem like that your hand was very straight and direct, um, not wide. Now, as part of that, you know, I read um, in your bio that you're you're a boxer. Like, did you do boxing first? No, I actually started in Taekwondo first, and then I went to boxing at wow. a later age. And this is this is something that's become particular. I'm very interested in because I I don't have any boxing skills. And what I one of my big takeaways from the conference was I noticed that the, the men who, who knew what they were doing, um, you know, when they would attack, they always had that guard hand mm-hmm. up, like, you know, a jab and a, you know, jab, you know, hook, jab, punch, hook. It was always that, that guard hand. And, um, and I assume that comes from some boxing training and, and, and I envy that, like I, I'm working on that right now. And so how has, in your experience, how has, how did boxing how does that make you a better martial artist? Well, you know, it definitely teaches hand and eye coordinated coordination, like most any type of martial arts or fighting style does. Um, I would say the the ability to, to nobody thinks muscle memory is a real thing. I think it's a real thing. The ability to just pull your hands yeah. up and know that they're there and you're going to protect your face at all costs. Right. It's just yeah, an automatic absolutely. reaction when you get into a situation. Yeah. And I think boxing has definitely. Now, remember, I was younger when I did this, but at that time, I felt like it was uh, one of the things that made me stronger as a taekwondoist because I was able to just put my hands up and not even think about it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, so I don't have that. <laughs> I'm working on that now. Uh, was there ever, ever a time 
in this journey that you've been doing it where you just wanted to quit? Like, yeah, I'm done with this. I did have a uh, time where I kind of stepped down for a little bit. Um, when I, when my father passed away in 2015, mm-hmm. you know, it, um, it kind of, it really took a hinder on me and just shut me down. And at, for there for a while, yeah, I did want to quit, but then, you know, I reached back in myself and I remember, you know, my, my child, my oldest daughter does it. My wife loves it. My wife's supportive. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't let it drag me down too long, but I did have that thought, you know, and I think that happens with anybody when they lose a loved one. Right. Yes, sir. And, you know, circling back to this, this idea of, of, um, you've trained so long, you're, you're a master in your system. What does it take to get to the next level? So I guess you're six. Well, I'm a, I'm a fifth and an Aikido. Um, so right. my sixth in Aikido, um, I have to do a three-on-one multiple attacker continuous sparring with them, and they just keep coming. They can come at me with a wow. club, right. club, knife, gun. Oh, they wow. can grab me, um, and it's just like a continuous like two to three minutes. And then mm-hmm. at the end of that, I have to demonstrate previous belt techniques. I have to um, also do a brick-breaking demonstration. Um and it, it's taxing, but it happens. I think I'm, I think I'm yeah. fixing to get ready to go ahead and test. I was talking to my grandmaster the last wow. a few weeks ago, and I, I think I'm about ready to go for it. Well, tell me about the, what's the brick? I mean, how thick a brick? So um, the little the little um, like walking bricks that are outside people's homes that you get from Lowe's, they're about twelve inches sure. by eight inches by okay. two inches thick, inch and a, inch and a half. Okay. I think it really is, but they say two. Yeah, I get it. Uh, you're gonna do like uh, one of them. You're gonna stack twelve of them. Like what is what do you have to? What do so you have to I, do? we typically do a stair step, step, which is what I call I call a stair step. It's one start off, and then you go to another one, and it has two, and then at the final level okay. it has three. So a total of six bricks, wow. but it's stair step. If that makes Got sense. It. Yeah, you bet it does. Is there other spacers or, or straight up? No, stack? you have to have spacers. If you try to just stack them and break them, you will break your hand. So yes, there are spacers. Yeah, good, um, good. I use yeah, I, I use five sixteen <laughs> bolts. Some people like to use the carpenter pencils. I prefer bur- bolts. Yeah. I think they're better. Why? Come on, break. I mean, again, I don't know anything here, man. Educate. Me. I just I I think that the bolts they they sit on the corners better. And when you come down with the pressure, the bricks just kind of fall into place. Whereas I've seen other mm-hmm. demonstrations with the carpenter pencils, the bricks tend to kind of like fly everywhere and they don't, they don't uh-huh. fall. I don't know if I'm saying this right, but they don't fall right. That's what it looks like to me anyways. Interesting. So what's, what size? Like bolt? a five sixteenth. Wow. And clear across like an eight inch, you know, long bolt. I mean, nut, I'm sorry. I said bolt, but I meant to say eight, five sixteenth oh, nut. Okay, I get Sorry. it. Sorry. Yeah, he's stacking stack in there. No, I got it. Okay, cool. I was just visualizing that. Yeah, okay. That makes even more sense now to me. When I met you, it was super cool. I told you about this idea. You love it. And then you immediately introduced me to your daughter, 14. Just turned right? 15. And so, oh, wow. And so I've got a nine, seven, five, and two. And again, a big reason why I'm I'm doing this podcast is I'm trying to explore and have idea and have conversations with people and I'm particularly interested in talking to you about um how you've trained while being a dad like the the, because it feels I mean martial arts just feels all consuming and um and so you know I I have lots of struggles now in my routine my daily routine leaving work early to get to the gym and not having dinner with my family um and while I get one-on-one with my nine-year-old, I'm struggling with the cost that has it not having some of that time with my mm-hmm. two-year-old. And so so as you've gone you know, through this part of your life and you've gone through, I think you said three children, yes, right? Um, which, can you share with me uh, how have you balanced training and, and being an effective father and husband? Well, you know, I got to credit most of that to my wife, you know, we are a martial arts mm-hmm. family and I was doing it. It wasn't just me doing it. She was doing it. Like she was supportive. She wasn't actually taking classes, but she was doing it. She was there with our kids. The kids mm-hmm. were watching, they were training, mm-hmm. you know, as, as much as possible. And we would go to tournaments as a family and we just, we just, we're just a martial arts family. Like, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate yeah. to, to have such a supportive spouse. And yes, it is. It was still difficult to try to play dad instructor 
and husband. But I think right. that, um, you know, as a whole, because my wife's father also is a martial artist, she was raised in martial arts. My brother-in-law is a martial artist. My sister-in-law is a martial artist. And then she marries into a martial artist. And so when I trained my daughter, it was martial arts. I mean, that's all, that's all we know and that's all we've done. So I think, uh, it's just a different situation for me because I had that my wife had that previous experience and she was used to it. And so the kids were used to it and it wasn't no big thing. So that was like when we trained and I was training with my daughter, that one-on-one time was daddy daughter time. Like that's how we built our, our, our connection and you know how we grew together Now, my other kids yep. don't do martial arts, but but they still mm-hmm. wanted to partake in the classes sometimes and, and just be part of that martial arts, that knit, that family. Yeah. Uh, great. Thank you. That I've got, I have never uh, thought about, hey, what if I just pack my whole family up and they all came to the studio and think I'm going to do that one night and uh, maybe start doing that one night a week. Um, good. Now, now, similarly to that with martial arts, tell me about um in your bio it said that you were an army combative um, yeah army com- so I, I i don't have any military background so can you break down for me your your time you spent in the army and what that means? so i yeah army absolutely combative. so i did 10 years in the army um i was uh, honorably discharged in 2015 as a sergeant um i did a tour in iraq 2007 to 2008 so in mm. 2005, I went to basic training at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And and when you go to basic training, you know it is what it says. that You're yelling at you, trying to hurry up. But everybody goes through combative training, which is hand-to-hand combat. It's got a mixture of judo, jiu-jitsu, um, ninjutsu, you know, kali, knife fighting. I mean, you think of it, the military's thought of it, and put it mm-hmm. in this military combative system so a level four is the highest you can get so um, there's nobody in arkansas that teaches level four you have to go out of to do that and Uh, i'm just getting older and i just don't think (laughs) about it anymore so at fort mccoy wisconsin before we deployed i went ahead and went for my level two and then i went for my level three and that tremendously helped me with my ground defense I don't like to be on the ground, but that was something that, yeah, that you know, right. if we did have to go, I knew what I was doing kind of thing. And I was able to share that knowledge with my students, you know, my, my friends and just, yeah. so I used it as a learning experience more than anything. Hmm. Man, no kidding. So, so there was, I mean, we didn't even talk about any of that in your, or, you know, when you talked about Aikido, Aikido, the time you spent, do you consider that time too training, like martial arts training? It sounds like. Absolutely. I think that it, um, it's saved my life a couple of times, I would say. Wow. Wow. Um, maybe I can, maybe we can have another podcast and go into some of those. I don't want to, I feel, I feel scared to go into, um, you know, time you served. And anyway, I just can't, I, I feel real, um, I don't have any, I can't relate, man. So thank you for your service. I know it's not uh, easy to do. And, and I mean, especially you're having a family in that time, right? I mean, is that, that may have actually been a lot harder than <laughs> my question about martial arts. It was arts, definitely right? I mean, um, a hard um, time for my, so my kids were two and three and then, right. you know, my son was only one. And so my, me and my wife were together and my daughter I introduced to you actually two of my two of my children are actually my stepdaughters and I just adopted them a couple of years ago but it, without yeah. telling anybody that they would not have known that so um when I was so for the first year of me and my wife's marriage I was in Iraq and so coming home was definitely a challenge kidding do they have you know i mean you see on tv and we were talking you said 2005 was there technology could you do video stuff yeah but it was it was slow you know um it was really really slow internet and snail mail talk about snail mail um phone calls every now and then but real broken and distorted right yeah snail mail like yeah it was it was like three to four weeks yeah Wow. wow um Man, okay, well, good. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so one of the things I think about, too, when I see 
men and women who have what I consider you know a lot of accreditations it always I always think which ones mean the most to that person so which ones of all the things you've learned and earned so far and it doesn't just have to be martial arts but you know which one are you like most proud of I would say that um as I'm proud of all of them really the, all the styles I've learned but I would say my favorite is hapkido right now why is that not, that's the you're not a uh, master in that one or does I, th- it, I think it's because yeah. it's it no i'm not it's i think it's because i'm um it's new to me it's something new that i'm i'm mm. venturing out on is i mean like i said i've only been doing it for like okay. five years so but i it, think right? that because it's still new and it's just it's so much more aggressive than traditional aikido um mm. and so i think that it's more realistic for what our, our society is coming up to be versus you know 40 years ago. Right. Who, who was the gentleman who taught Hapkido at the conference? His name was, his I think, name? David. I don't remember his last I want to say Dunn. 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 Uh, was Dunn, yeah. I, I, when he opened up, he did these wrist stretches. I mean, I, it looked to me like his wrist could stretch 180 degrees. Did, is that something you see? Is that like a Hapkido thing? Do you train on like torquing your yeah, wrist so all the way around? When you're doing Aikido and Hapkido for both, you know, your joints, because you're going to be thrown around, you want your joints very flexible, very easy to manipulate. That way you don't get hurt. So, yes, we do a lot of wrist stretching, right. arm stretch, joint stretching, because, um, you know, when you we call them ukes in Aikido, which means the guy you're like, right. uh, you know, danger, danger is the guy <laughs> we throw around, around the uke guy. <laughs> right. So, you know, we want them to be right. flexible so they can still feel what's going on, but we're, they don't, we don't want them to get, uh, you know, Tendonitis or broken, yeah, broken you know, wrist. Broken. So sure. yes, the stretches, wrist stretches are very, very important for what we do. Wow. I had never, I just had never even seen someone stretch their wrist and never thought about stretching my wrist. And I didn't imagine my joints could become more flexible in a way that, uh, that was just really, it was, anyway, good. Okay. So that is tied yeah. to, the, to the art and, and you are, and you are doing that. Um, so as a parent now kind of bringing it back, back to this parent topic. So there was a time you wanted to quit in your life. How about your daughter? Was there time to say? So yes, my daughter did quit for a while. When she she was 12 years old, she finally said, uh, Daddy, I decided I want to do other sports, and I've decided I want to do mm. cheerleading. And so, yes, she did stop for a while. But she just started training back up probably about six months ago. Uh, she still cheers. Yes. Oh, neat. I um. So when when my... Now nine-year-old son, when we started, he was seven, and his five-year-old sister was doing it, and then she petered out and and got into soccer. And and I struggled with that moment of, do I let her quit, or is this one of those moments as a parent where I need to say, no, no, you need to keep going. But because she was doing soccer, and um, and because you know, so she wasn't doing, if she wasn't going to do anything, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have let her quit. But since she was transitioning to another sport, and she was five, I um was totally okay with it. My wife and I talked about it and said, yeah, let's let her, um, you know, it's like pulling teeth to get her to right. the studio anyway. Um, but I think about it with my nine year old. That's why I wanted to ask. So, so when she did quit, how did you handle that slash support it? And well, trans- you know, you know, as, as parents, we want our kids to be better than us. So I've been training her since she was four years old. And so, right. you know, if you, so from four to 12, she's done nothing but Taekwondo go to competitions forms mm-hmm. you know just yada yada just that whole yeah. time from four to twelve mm-hmm. and so when it came time uh, you know because i was making her do those things when she got older you know kids tend to peter out like you said as she got older still making her do those things like this is important this is knowledge this is this is my legacy to you as my child this is the one of the things i'm good at but when she became 12 and she said dad i just really want to do something different you know i was okay with it because the whole time I was making her do it, and she, when she got older, she started not enjoying it, enjoying it and wanting to compete. Right, right. Now she's fifteen, you know. She's uh, come back to it without me even saying anything. I just let her do yeah. it on her own. On her own, and right. she's teaching classes yeah. and she's, you know, doing mm-hmm. great things. Oh, that's that's great. It's good. Super encouraging for me to hear. Um, now, how about? Um, your, your proudest, we talked about your proud, things you're most proud of, like accreditations. How about like, is there any moments in martial arts that you're like, man, I, 
finally broke this thing or got this belt? Is there like a moment that you really sticks out to Absolutely. you in your martial arts career? I think that when I received my Cookie One um, certificate from Seoul, Korea, I think that that was like one of my mm. best moments in my martial arts journey. What is that? Cookie One is K U K K I W O N. So a Cookie One certification is the only black belt in Taekwondo certification recognized by the Korean South Korean government. And so, um, like you, you watch the Olympics, you see them Taekwondo guys and gals fighting. So to even fight in the Olympics, you have to have your first stand cookie one to even fight in the Olympics. So Mm. it's like, it's just a big, it's just like a big, big, for me, it was like a big deal and a big journey and a big accomplishment. Mm. I'm like, I finally got here, you know, um, it's it was just something I'm really proud of. I can go to Seoul, Korea, and they'll recognize yeah, my rank. They'd have never even met me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be a huge moment to be proud of. Um, um, do you have any others? I would say when my um, – of course, I've got to say this because i got to brag on her. When my daughter, you know, when she <laughs> went to uh, California for uh, the Junior Olympics in Taekwondo, she ranked number two in the nation out of her division and in 2015 that led her to be invited to the pan-american taekwondo games and at that time she wanted to quit but if she would have went and done well she could have got scouted to be on the olympic (laughs) national team for 2020 so but i think that was i think Uh, it's a great thing you know that she she's accomplished those many feats sure absolutely Oh, that's great. How about to it's martial artist as a father? How about as a husband? Well, I'm going to say I'm a perfect husband, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe I need maybe to get, your wife get her on, on here sometime. sometime yeah. <laughs> no, um, I would say um, one of my proudest moments as a as a husband is just being able, and this may not be exactly what you're looking for, but just being able to come home and my wife just loving me for who I am. And not trying, oh, come on. trying yes, not sir. to be somebody else. Like she knows I'm a she. Martial right. arts is in my my heart. That's that's it. So she knows I'm going right. to go to these seminars. She knows I'm going to train whenever I can and and teach whoever I can. Right. And, and no matter what the cost is. And she's she just comes and she loves me and she supports me. And I think that makes me better as a as a husband because then in turn I support her for her decisions and love her for her. Right. So I don't know if that was the exact answer you're looking for, but. Oh, no, I can't imagine there's a right yeah. or wrong one there. Uh, now, now, do you do you teach at a school in um, I used to. Um, I event, When my dad passed away, I let my school go to a friend of mine. Um, that's one of the times that I told you that it just kind of, that's when I kind of stopped for a little bit. Um, so right. currently, no, I do not have a school. But I'm looking to. I'm thinking about opening up one pretty soon. Right. Um, yeah, I would, I would think so. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask was, so I know you have taught, and and I'm sure even outside of school, and you know, obviously you taught at the conference, and I'm sure you have lots of chances to do that. Um, as an instructor, what's an area that you've, you you know you've matured in? Like I, I used to do this a certain way, and now I do it this other way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that I've matured a lot as in being open minded to other styles as a as an instructor and as a as a master. Right. Um, there for a while, in, in my younger days, especially, you know, real cocky and arrogant. I think most people get like that when they're younger, getting a black belt. <laughs> you know, um, right, right. Um, but I think over the years that doing different styles and training with different people and learning different things and growing up on top of that has definitely matured me as a martial artist. That's great. And, and um, another thing you mentioned earlier was that I want to circle back to was how when I asked how martial arts has um, helped with your, your job, your profession, you mentioned about kind of peace and, and um, being able to sort of be in control. Is there, um, is there a way you practice in Aikido that sort of like tranquility or is it, you know, like where does, how, how does martial arts, you know, how, how does that peace, how is that, um, you know, or clarity, how is that practiced in martial arts? Um, I do a lot of, um, like self meditation, like just thinking about the things I've done mm-hmm. through the day and how I could have improved yeah. those things. 
as far as like some, maybe something I've said, cause we're all human, um, or something I did wrong or, right. you know, something I could have done better. And I just, I just think about those self meditation things. And then, you know, I try to breathe. I do, uh, some breathing exercises every now mm. and then, um, I do more hop keto breathing exercises than I do Aikido breathing sizes. Um, and I think just being able to take those things and say, how can I be a better human instructor, husband, father, yada, 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 worker. Right, right. What did I do wrong today that could, that could better me tomorrow? Mm, that's great. It's a great question. Um, but what is a Hapkido breathing exercise? So a Hapkido breathing exercise is uh, Tanji Hohap, which is you skid in a horse stance. You breathe in your nose down to your okay. diaphragm. You extend your hands all the way out and you tighten every muscle you can from your fingertips to your elbow to your shoulders to your wow. diaphragm, your legs. And then when you breathe back okay. in and then you shoot your hands up like you're holding a ball above your head. Same thing, tighten okay. all your muscles up and you're exhaling. You key all on the way out. So you're like, ha, and then you mm. come back in and then you do the same thing. You extend your hands all the way out like you're touching walls on each side. Yeah, and then you right. you you circle them back in to your your middle of your body, and okay. at this time you're breathing back in because you're coming back into your body, and then right, right. you shoot straight down like you're uh, holding a ball between your legs, and okay. then you just breathe back in and you relax. And if you no, it, it, if you do it very intensely, like and you do it like with the kios and the breathing and the stretching of the fingertips, like you're mm-hmm. you're trying to right. extend your fingers out to touch something in front of you, it gets that blood going and man, it just it just like clears wow. your mind and you're just, it's amazing. Well, that's what I was gonna ask. When you're doing it, 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 it if you're not doing the kios, I think your mind would wonder. But are, are you saying when you're doing it that nothing's in your mind? Like I. You're empty because you're so focused on it, or are you thinking no, about I other think things? I think that I, me personally, I empty everything and just focus on the breathing and the key on yeah. and the and the extension right. of the muscles right. and the fingertips. Mm. Oh, that's great! I'm totally gonna yeah. totally want to do that. <laughs> Maybe go and find some YouTube videos later. Maybe you can do one. I will do one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do it. Yeah, please. I'd love to see it in in your training. Or let me frame it in mind. I know very little about martial arts history again new to all this so there's there's two ideas i have in mind though of of like martial arts heroes and one of them are you know like people i see on tv and the other are those who are like really close to me you know obviously personal relationship ones so when i when i say that my question is you know who are some of your martial arts heroes i want you to feel the freedom to list any of them um so anyway that's that's the next question who are some of your heroes in particularly in the martial arts world first i got i think everybody's gonna say this but bruce lee although you know i was mm. already like six years old and he was already right. passed away but those videos right. were still playing i remember mm. it like it was yesterday on my tv mm. i think that's what got me interested in the first place um you know of course like you know like jet lee's one of my favorite actors of uh, martial mm. arts actors and of course jackie chan you know, mm-hmm. um, but I would say hero rise, Bruce Lee is my hero as far as mm-hmm. just the way he was, you know, as for what I got to see and read in his book, you know, I didn't get, of course I didn't get to know him personally, but, uh, just from everything, from ev- the stories I heard from, you know, recently passed Grandmaster Bastillo about him, you right. know, just everything just plays in my mind, like that's who I would want to be as a martial artist. Just everything he did was just flawless to me. Bruce, man, well, that's it. Absolutely. I think but, everybody would say that. Um, yeah. Me too. I, I mean, growing up, I remember seeing it on TV. I, I haven't read his book. I haven't, you know, I, I feel like I should now. And especially after seeing the IMB legacy class and just, you know, meeting the entire IMB staff that was at the IMAC event, it really, um, open my eyes to what's going on in California and in clearly one of Bruce Lee's, um, you know, students schools. And, um, okay, good. So this idea of, of martial arts, I think everybody would agree. It's a process. And I hear these terms, like it's a lifelong journey and the black belt's just the beginning. Um, 
in in so far i mean that seems very true like it's not just something people say and i think that's something that's unique to um, or at least different about martial arts than something like football or baseball where you can kind of be involved and as a way of thinking but you can only really play so long correct at a high level in in this conference i saw a lot of people who i would consider older still moving at what i consider a really high level absolutely and um, it was really yeah it was really inspiring for me so when i think about that and i think about this idea of process then i like to think about um slowing down that's very hard for me i mean i, I want to get things done and just move move through rank and move through the forms um so one of the things i'm missing is this idea of a process and a layering hmm. and so all that all that framing to say um i'd really like it if you share in your opinion everything you've learned so far what do you think a student should prioritize on and layer at the very beginning you know like is it for example stretching flexibility um, obviously the basics, it might be a proper punch. I have no idea, but just in, in all of the things that come to mind in training for you and your disciplines, what do you think someone should really focus on? Cause if they get that right, it's going to help everything else. Well, you know, of course I'm going to say the number one thing is getting your basics down. You know, if you can't throw a proper punch or a proper kick, then you can't move to the next level. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I came up with this, well, I say I came up with this saying, I'm the only guy I know that's been saying it, but there's probably somebody else out there who says it. You know, you can't, if you, you can't master your skills until you master yourself. Hmm. So in, in, in sh short conversation, what that means is until you can get that, that first punch down perfectly, then how can you expect to move to the next belt and learn a sidekick or a knife right. strike or, sure. you know, a, a pressure point or, or a lock, you know, just whatever it may be. So you must master yourself before you master your skills. You've got to know your body and you've got to know what, right. you know, you've got to work your body out. You've got to get it mm -hmm. used to doing those, those little things that people think are not important, but without those basics as martial artists, who are we? Like, like I said, you can't throw a proper punch. Then, you can't throw, you know, you're not going to throw a proper kick. You know, you can't do your, right. your form correctly. You know, you, you're right. not going to adapt as far as like, if you're into tournament stuff, you, you can't change because you can't even do the first basic technique, master mm -hmm. that technique first, then move. Yeah. Are you the type of, type of instructor then that if a student can't, you know, will you not move them to the next punches or the next kicks I until they. You know, absolutely have that one day absolutely not i can't it's one of my biggest pet peeves if what you know in uh, more of the olympic style taekwondo you know it's more focused on kicks than it is punching um mm. so if you can't throw a basic kick then you know i'm not gonna move you up like um in two weeks you know 10 weeks however right. whatever schools do these days i don't do that yeah right you know, oh, that's great you can stay too. a white belt for six months if, if it was up to me yes sir <laughs> yeah and i agree I agree. I know. I know my uh, master Amir is at Christian Taekwondo League here. That's where I train. San Antonio feels the same way. Right. I mean, that's what we're um, that's what we're all about. Um, good. Okay. So, um, if you so in all in martial art, you said it's in your blood. It's who you are. If you couldn't do it anymore, if it was taken away for whatever reason, um, and I, I whatever reason, oh. what what do you think you would miss the most? I would say missing the, the the ability to, you know, get to know people and train people and give back to the community and the students and be a mentor. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what I would miss more than anything. You know, for me, it's not really about becoming better. It's more about sharing what I know with others. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. I think it speaks a lot to what you're passionate about, um, maybe more than... Um, the martial arts itself, you know, you clearly, man, you got to open up a school, man. That's what I hear. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> um, all right. So um, in your training, what have you seen change? And this might be, this question might also, you may want to, I guess it might also include your military background, but you've been doing it since you were, how, how six, old? Six years old. Six. Yeah. So if, as far back as you can remember till now, you know, um, 
what have you seen change in martial arts at large? Oh my goodness. That's, that's a big question. Um, you know, from 20 years ago, you know what I mean? That's, uh, sure. Well, I mean, technology's changed and, and to be fair, um, you know, we're tricky. I'm in my mid thirties too. I'm 38. Um, so to be fair, it's a little tricky question. I think it's a trickier question for us who I think are probably relatively young in martial arts because our view of the world is so skewed because we have those teenage years still fresh and kind of, you know, the twenties and getting married. Right. Um, so it might make more sense to just think about maybe the last 10 years. Um, but again, I haven't, I haven't been doing it that long, so I don't know what I've missed 10 years ago. I've only been doing it the last couple. So, and, and I hear people talk about, you know, you can't do that anymore in the gym and old school versus new school. And, you know, I just don't, you know, everybody's got an iPhone now. And right. I, I don't know. I just, I just don't. So that's, what, that's kind of what I'm okay. after. Like, what have you seen change? Teach me some history here and what, and maybe, maybe it's not much. I, I just don't know, but um, I'm just trying to get my bearings around right. history. Right. So, you know, when I, when I started and I'm going to just tell this quick story, you know, my, my master was a Korean master barely spoken English, really nice guy. Mm. But if you weren't in a stance correctly, you got a kendo sword across your leg. You know, that would be one thing I would say that, that go. changed over the years. <laughs> like that's considered abuse now, you know, if, if, uh, yeah. was that, was that, in, was that in America? Yeah, that was, was that here in, in Hot Springs. That? You know, okay. oh, so, right. you know, you get a kendo sword across the leg and, you know, when I go to try to do that to some of my students, you know, try to, you know, not hard, but just, you know, give them a little sure. tap so they can feel it. They're like, you can't do that. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't yeah. do that? You're in a martial arts class. Like, I'm trying to teach you the right way. If I bet you if I hit you hard enough, you'll remember to stand correctly. Learn. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, wow. today that that's some of the tradition that I think has faded over the years is it's a different type of training. You know, like you said, with the technology and, you know, the new laws and things coming out and all these, you know, people doing things they're not supposed to with these children. You know, I just mm. think it's it's it just has changed so drastically. Like we didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about those kind of things when I was younger. Maybe I was just blind because I was young, but now as getting older, you see it more and more and more. And, and the, and the Taekwondo schools or martial arts schools in general, just about money, all these other schools, these schools Mm -hmm. popping up, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to make a buck. And so it becomes more about money, losing the tradition, losing the respect between different martial artists. I can't tell you how many times I've been invited to a school to do a seminar and these guys, these, these martial arts just masters just treat me like dog doo doo. And Hmm. because I'm young and, you know, and I come from a different time and they're very disrespectful Hmm. and I'm kind of like, well, you invited me. So, you know, I don't understand what the problem Uh is, but, um, I think just a lot of, like I said, respect uh, the technology, like you said, changing the traditions fading away. Um, I remember one time I was teaching a traditional Aikido class and we did the traditional bow. So you're on your knees, you bow to O sensei, then the instructor turns mm-hmm. to the class, bows to them. And um, I had a guy come up to me and said, is this a religious cult? And I'm like, no, this is traditional martial arts. This is what we're doing wow. this class. It's not about being, because right, right. I'm a Christian. I'll say it loud and proud. I'm not trying to teach you about you know, any mm-hmm. other type of religion, Buddhism, you know, anything like that. This is just mm-hmm. tradition. This is how I learned. And I want to share that with right. you. And, you know, cut this, cut it short that um, he ended, they ended up leaving and not coming back because they thought I was mm-hmm. teach, trying to force a religion on them instead of teaching them martial arts. Sure. So I think a lot of that's where it's wow, changed. Wow. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I, And I definitely sense that, that, as the world's change, as the world or climate, culture, whatever changes, it naturally presses in on everything. So, you know, base, I mean, everything's changing, baseball, football, whatever. Um, and martial arts certainly is not immune to that. Um, you know, and I, I guess I'm trying to navigate, is that bad? Is it crippling? Is it, um, you know, does it mean we just have to fight harder? Uh, we just have to adapt. And I, I, I guess I land in that adaptation part. Um, we just have to adapt and overcome and work harder. Yeah, just um, and I agree with you. You know, there's no there's no point to try to fight it and prove prove people wrong. You just need to do you just need to do you and you know try to do be the best you can and learn from those people and make sure you're not teaching those people the way that you hated to be taught. So it's just it's just one of those things. As when we become instructors, we have to kind of just 
we have to learn to adapt to new society and you know everything and it's it's hard and it takes time i still think i have a problem with it still (laughs) right sure well but i got me all things i guess worth doing i suppose correct um all right so let me throw you one curveball wasn't on the questions i thought of earlier but i want to close with this um when you get to open a school um what three words will you build it on honor integrity and respect i think is oh man right away you. Need i, I think it. those are the main main three things for me as as an instructor and as a person you know we're again going back to kind of what we were talking about just a minute ago you know we're losing those things we're losing the honor we're losing the integrity and we're losing the respect through these new generations and you know mm. even even old school martial artists are starting to lose those those three basic things that we need right. as instructors to grow and and be better as instructors and masters and even as students to grow um i really believe that you know the there's there's just we're losing honor and in our as we grow in this society and these kids are just so disrespectful i mean i can't tell you how many kids i work with that are just they just feel like they don't they don't have a care in the world and they don't have to be respectful to these adults or anybody and i just, it just drives me absolutely insane to see that our younger generation does not have those three basic needs of honor integrity and respect to be better people nobody's teaching them uh couldn't agree more and i think it's just more reason why you got to open a school yeah yeah I know. <laughs> all right hey man travis well thank you so much I, i've really enjoyed this i know it's not uh easy to carve out time and um stay up late whatever on your bedtime but it's, it's it's coming up on mine right um but i really appreciate you taking the time to visit with me tonight Hey, well, I appreciate you asking me to be a part of this this podcast, and I hope it helps, and I hope that uh, maybe we can do it again sometime. Yeah, you betcha, and, and I'm looking forward to the Hapkido breathing video. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for checking out the Taekwondo Daddy podcast with me, your host, Logan Ramirez, as I fumble my way through not only learning martial arts and researching and interviewing people, but parenting a martial arts student while being a student myself. Um, if you like what we're doing, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a review. It's super helpful. Check out our website, taekwondaddy.com. Until the next episode, train hard, parent harder. <laughs> <laughs>